0: Okay, this morning we are going to talk about revelatory solutions. Uh, Some of this will be new, some of it won't be new, but uh, God, and it's really kind of part two of what I preached on last week, you can look at that up on YouTube, but uh, one thing I know is that God has an answer for everything we face. It's what the Word says, it's a big synopsis of, of what His Word says whatever happens he's got an answer for that I do know and I am always going after what is beyond my reality to what is his reality that I can bring forward into mine I mean as the people of God that is who we are and I was on sabbatical last week and I always go I go twice a year usually And it's always one time at the first of the year, and then one time, you know, about August. But really, it's for me to turn off my phone, turn off all distractions, and just do whatever God wants to do. Now, I will tell you, sometimes it takes a little bit to unwind from what the reality of your day-to-day, your work, all those, your kids. Like my daughter and my son-in-law were both sick And so uh, on Monday, I watched my daughter, my uh, granddaughter, until uh, she picked him up after they'd gone to the doctor. So I was a little late. So whatever's going on, I know that God's got it worked out. So it took me, you know, Monday night, I had to unwind a little. And there's still emails coming in. And, you know, you just can't stop everything. And then Tuesday morning, I did all this stuff. I read for hours. I listened to some things. I felt like the Lord wanted me to. And I wake up Wednesday morning, I'm like, okay, I'm about done. I don't have anything else. I've read, I've listened, I've prayed, I've walked, I've run, I've you know. I got nothing else. And you know, sometimes I think he's just like, finally, you're completely empty. So now I can actually talk to you. And one of the big things that I do is I want to know What does this year look like? Where are we going? You know, what kind of uh, anointing we have for this year and all of this? And as I'm, you know, listening to him, uh, I really get this um, word for him that it's time to open our pathways to a greater revelation that he has for us. And part of that pathway of of opening up is being able to set aside our intellect and our patterns and our preconceived determinations of how it's going to work and allow God to breathe into where we are and where we're going. And that's what we're going to probably spend time on this whole year, is really pressing into a greater revelatory ability in him. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm so excited. I just, and uh, through this process, I'll just uh, talk to you a little bit about this. Through this process, at some point, it must have been on Wednesday afternoon or something, I had listened to a podcast, and God just kept bringing it back to me, and it's by Chris Vallison. He's one of the leaders at Bethel, but He is doing a solutionary intensive, and it's a 12-week intensive where they have teaching for two hours, one night a week, and that's what I need prayer for because it's at 8.30 at night. You know, if they would do it at 4.30 in the morning, I'd be fine, but by 8.30 at night, I I can barely keep my eyes open. So uh, so I'm going to do that, but with it comes an intel team. So you're assigned to a team that will take current day problems and seek God for a revelatory answer, and you you know you have to write reports on it. You have to work with a team, and uh, and I told the Lord. At first, I sent out a prayer thing and said, you pray and see if you think I'm supposed to do it. And somebody sent me back, why wouldn't you? I'm like, that's not what I ask. I said, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I felt like I need pushed. I need pushed out of what my norm is. I need pushed to, to pursue God at a different realm with other people who want to pursue God at a different realm. I want the answers to what our problems are today. You know, we've we've pressed into uh, solutions for COVID. We've pressed into different things. We have our 6.30 a.m. prayer call, which I'm not on regularly, but I jump on when I feel like I'm supposed to. And I just sent them a note this week that it is the watchers that are tearing down the structures that the enemy is trying to set up and destroying the plans of the enemy. So... Uh, just as they are pushing themselves into that revelatory realm, I want to push myself into a greater ability to have that revelatory answer, to be able to build with others who want to change, redefine, uh, reestablish the kingdom of God where the enemy has gotten territory. And with me doing that, we'll all do it together, right? So so I just wanted to tell you a little bit about that because... That's one of our keys for this year. Like last week I talked about God's move and what He's doing. And today we're going to talk about how, there's five, five things and I'll give them at the very end, but partnering with God, working with God, learning how to move into a different realm of revelation. And, you know, sometimes we think revelation is going to come like a, a waterfall over us or like dictation to us. But revelation comes in the way that God wants to reveal, whether it's through a dream, whether it's through a moment, whether it's through uh, while you're standing there, then all of a sudden, you know, it comes through different ways. It's not a package deal that says, "Okay, God, I'm asking for revelation. Yeah, go ahead and give me the download. Okay, then I'll move forward. Sometimes I'm asking for revelation while I'm standing there looking at something that needs a revelation over it. And I've got to be able to adjust to the form that God wants to use. And that's what we're going after. We're going to adjust to the form God wants to use. I'm going to start out with 1 Corinthians 2, but we're actually going to spend some time in Daniel. This is one of my theme scriptures, and I have preached on it. We have talked about it. I've probably read it 50 times in the nine years we've been here, because I feel like this is a core belief that the body of Christ has to have so infused within their soul that they know nothing else but this, and it's 1 Corinthians 2.10. It says, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. And that's what I was talking to God about this past week. I want the deep things. I have deep things. But I know there are deeper things that I don't have that I want. And I don't even know what those are. But because I don't know all about him, then there's got to be something I need to know. Right. So uh, and I know we all feel that way. So he searches the deep things of God. But what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man, which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God who lives in us the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. So the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God, and he reveals them to us. All of us have that. We don't need a special gifting. We don't need anything else but the Spirit of God that dwells in us. Because he is the revealer of all things. He takes the things of God and he brings them down and reveals them to us. So we don't have to worry about whether we can do this. We're just learning how to cooperate at a greater level. Because we already have it within us to be able to do. So that is not a question. Um, so like I said, we don't even have to worry about this. The one thing about this class that I that I really caught my attention is... They say, and I believe it because I signed up for it, that we're going to learn how to build new neural pathways to increase our spiritual capacity and open up our uh, open you to profound untapped potential. Like I said, what I get, you get. But really think about that because. You know, in the natural, our minds have a path that we go to. If something happens, we go. In fact, there was a, a, a little podcast. I don't know if you know who Donald Miller is, but he wrote Blue Like Jazz. He wrote quite a few books, and now he's like the business guru. But he, there was a study done, and actually, our minds go to the least resistant answer we can come to. So whatever's the easiest path, that's what our mind thinks. We don't go to the layers of layers of potential and possibility that God has planned for the answer that we need for the problems we're facing. We go to patterns, we go to experience, we go to uh, what we think will work. Has anybody told God what they think will work? I know we all have, so don't don't say no. <laughs> because we think we can help God resolve this, right? And I love to. I'm like, God, I've got options for you. And he is patient, and he is faithful, and he is a good father. So he listens to our options and helps us find the best. Because that's what he's good at. And what we have to be good at is being willing to adjust to his best. Because we all have an opinion. Some of us have loud opinions. Some of us just think it in our mind and think, they should really think that way because I know I know right. So anyhow, let's let's get busy on this. We're going to go to Daniel. We're going to go to Daniel 1. And what I want to talk about is we, you know, many of us know the story of Daniel. I've actually preached on it a time or two. But what I want to talk about is the revelatory ability that Daniel and his friends had, and the process they went through to obtain and to go higher in the revelatory realm. Because that's what we want. We want not only to live out of the revelatory realm, but we want a greater ability to connect with God's solutions so we can bring the revelation here to whatever that problem is. Um, So Daniel. So Daniel, we know, was taken captive. Him and his friends were taken captive. And this is one of the first steps as people of God, we have to to take care of. And it's verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. And I'm not going to read the rest of it, because the point is, once we purpose something in our heart, once we commit that this is going to be our path, then what happens is the rest of us begin to align with what we've purposed. You know, Daniel purposed in his heart, not only that he would not partake of the delicacies, but he goes on and we'll talk about that as we go down the path. But he goes on to say he is also not going to worship the pagan gods. He's also not going to do this. He's not going to do that because he started with a foundation that he purposed in his heart. That nothing that would defile himself against the word of God would be allowed within his body, within his mind, within his thought process. And purposing, making the choice that this is going to be the way we live is the very foundation of everything else because we will be tested on what we choose. We will be tested. And Daniel purposed that he was going to keep his mind, his soul, his body, and his spirit aligned with the living God. That was his purpose. And he, excuse me, once he decided that, he began to detox himself from what the world called normal. So in his, where he was, what was normal was drinking and eating all the delicacies from the king's table. But he decided in his heart that he was not going to partake of the king's normal. He was only going to partake of what was God's normal. And for him, it was choosing not to be a part of that. And even though each decision he made was met by the threat of possible death. And of course, we do not face the decisions we make, we don't face death. We don't face having our head chopped off or, you know, we personally, where we live in America, we don't face that. But what we face is allowing the world's normal to become our normal. So no longer is the word our normal, it's whatever out there is okay is okay. And that's where the shift has to come with us, is our normal has to be measured by the Word of God. And the way to, to make that our normal is to consume the Word of God all the time. That that becomes our bread, that becomes our food, that becomes what we live out of, is the Word of God, right? Because what happens is when the Word of God becomes our normal, then everything else that doesn't align with the normal, of the word becomes a red flag. And even though we may not be able to actually understand why that doesn't seem right, it's the spirit of God that's revealing to our spirit that it's just not right. Turn, run, walk away, keep from it. And Daniel ended up him and his guys, they ended up being healthier and fatter, which is never a word we want to use, but healthier and fatter under this detoxing from what the king did, you know, what the king offered them, so it's hard sometimes in our society to choose not to be like the rest of the world, it's just hard. We have family, we have friends, we have influences, we have companies, we have businesses, we have bosses. You know, it's hard sometimes. But when Daniel chose, he purposed. He said, this is, this is what I'm purposing for me. And, of course, his guys, because of their relationship. When Daniel chose that, everything in him began to align with what he chose. It is, we have to pick so that when we're faced with the norms of the world, we've already made a choice inside of us not to gain. Not I'm not going there. I'm not gonna watch that. No, I'm I'm not gonna go hang out at the bar with you. I'm just it's just my choice. That's what I've chosen. So we'll go on from there. With this, uh, let's let's go to verse 17 in in chapter one. So as they have been tested. Of course, earlier it says that they're fatter in the flesh than all the young men. Uh, But verse 17 says, And for these four young men, God gave them knowledge, right? And skill in all literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. His choice opened up the realm of revelation that no one else had. Him and his three friends began to walk in a revelatory realm with solutions, which we'll look at, that no one else had. No one else had. Think about aligning ourselves so that God gives us a greater ability to tap into the revelatory realm. I want that. I mean, I want that bad. I have some things that I want fixed. I mean, I do. I have some things in my region I want fixed. I have some things in my family I want fixed. And I want to be able to breathe that revelation that breaks off the stronghold that the enemy has. I mean, we want that. That's what we're here for. We're not here to paint our nails even though that's okay. I too. You know we're here to change the culture to the kingdom of god that is why we're here everything else is secondary everything else is a blessing it's grace it's mercy it's favor we can call it whatever we want but we're here to actually be world changers for the kingdom in the realm in which god has placed you in your family in your business for your employer for the people who work for you in the education systems I mean, and we are seeing, and I know I've said this before, but I got to say it one more time. We are seeing the news tell us that nothing we are doing is working, but we're seeing the results of our prayer change the headlines. We're seeing them change the headlines and they want to feed us with a faux truth But God is allowing us to see his move across our country that is changing because his people have stood up and said, no, not on my watch. This is not going to happen. And we are seeing the headlines reveal the glory of God, reveal the glory of God. And we can say, you know, we prayed about that. We agreed with God about that. We partnered with God in that. He gave us the revelatory declarations to declare over that, that broke the stronghold the enemy had that was trying to stop us from moving forward. We are powerful people that are fully equipped to change what is happening. Amen. Say, I am, I am. I am, I am. am. So uh, the next thing I want to look at. So I'm looking at our first thing is the way to make this revelatory realm your realm. Is to consume the Word. It is to consume the Word. Whether we understand it or not, there will be times where we don't understand it, but it's, it's like it says, that the, it's seeded in us, and it will grow and be activated at the time we need it. Right. And when we hit a word that we don't understand, we don't say, well, God, I don't understand this, I can't read any more of this. It took me forever to love Leviticus. <laughs> But honestly, one day God showed me that Leviticus is the book of love because it's a book that helps people understand how to stay in the protection of God. People look at it as something that holds them down. But God showed me Leviticus is the book of love because it protected the people of Israel who came out of 400 years of captivity from getting caught up in the enemy's advance against them. So when, when we don't understand a book, and there's a few in there that you're like, okay, numbers, you know? But what we understand is that God takes what we read And he begins to sow it in us and he stirs it in us. And when we need it, next thing we know, we've got number six coming out of our mouth. And we're like, I didn't really even understand what that said. But God kept it held in me until it was time to come out of me. Right? Like I said, the word is, you know, it's not always easy. It's not always understandable. But through the Holy Spirit, he will reveal what we need to know in the time we need to know, like Pastor Gene said. So we're going to go to uh, Daniel 2, verse 18. And, uh, you know, Nebuchadnezzar has had a dream. He's going to kill everybody unless they can tell him not only the interpretation, but they have to tell him what the actual dream was. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, Chris Reed from Morningstar, he is, uh, you know, we're part of Morningstar up in North Carolina. He is, I've Kind of taking Rick Jorner's place, and Rick's going to do something else. You know, it's kind of like going from CEO to board or something like that. But I have seen him call people out of the audience and tell them their dream, right. what they actually dreamed, and then give them the interpretation. To me, that is a sign of how God wants to use us. It is in the word, so it is. It is something we can put our finger on in the word. So. When Daniel hears that he's going to kill all the soothsayers, all the, all the, uh, I don't know what you call them, which structures, whatever you call them, and I think, I don't think, anyhow, when he hears that the people who should be able to tell him can't, he's like, I'm going to kill everybody. But what does Daniel do? He gets his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says, this is about, this is about what is going to occur. Everyone's going to die, including us, unless we can not only give the interpretation, but we actually know the details of his dream, and they get together and they pray. Part of this revelatory realm we're seeking after comes in fellowship with others, other people, like-minded people, people who want to Get a godly solution, not complain about what's happening. When you start to complain, you need to say, Lord, shut my mouth. Because complaining only brings the enemy's agitation into your life. When we start to complain, we need to say, God, give me a solution. Bring me around people who are like-minded, who can help me pray through until the breakthrough comes to me. As people of God, we've got to quit complaining. The word says, no complaining. Somewhere in there, you'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) I know it does say that, I just don't know where it is. (laughs) Matt may know it off the top of his head, but I I know it says that. So just believe me, I'm sure it's in Proverbs. That's where all those slap on the wrist things are. So uh, verse 18, uh, it says... um, So they get together and it says so that they may seek mercies from God, from the God of heaven concerning this secret. So there's a secret that only God knows and Nebuchadnezzar, there is a problem that everybody knows that they're all about to die unless God shows his mercy to reveal this secret. So that Daniel and his companions may not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So understand there is power in community. There's power in fellowship. There's power in getting together with like-minded people who want resolution for the problem and not just complain about what's happening to them. And that, I mean, that is one of the most powerful things that you can put in your heart over this is because we are people that have answers. And I may not have the full answer. I may need John and Matt and Matt and Karen. I may need four or five people to come with me, just like our prayer team in the morning, to form an answer, to begin to declare what God is showing us. And you know that when we release what God is showing us, more revelation comes to us. When we let it out and we get it out of our mind and start putting it out with the atmosphere with other people, what happens is more revelation comes with it. So Daniel needed his people. They needed each other in order to solve the issue that was in front of them not only what Nebuchadnezzar's issue was, because he needed a revelation from God, but they needed to solve the issue that they were going to die. And we know that, like I said, we're not faced with death every day, but we know that the word says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes after your finances, your family, your property, your position, your identity. He comes after all that. But the word also says that Jesus has come to give life and life more abundantly. So the enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy, and Jesus has come to thwart the enemy's plan against his people. But it takes a fellowship. It takes other people who want to be the solution, who want to go and sacrifice and, and give all that they have so the Lord can give them the answer that they need to break the back of the enemy. Okay. Yes, it's true. I'm going to tell you it's true because it says so in the word. It says so in the word. And yes, we have experienced it. So uh, verse 27 out of this, it says, uh, chapter 2, it says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. And we read in Corinthians that the secrets are revealed to his people by the Holy Spirit. So that kind of ties that hole in a nice beautiful bow. And he is made known to King Nebuchadnezzar that he will be in his latter days, and then he goes on to explain the dream. We're not gonna look at the dream. The point is, is that we have to be a fellowship of people and line ourselves up with others who are looking to be solutionaries, not part of the problem. We gotta be the answer, not problematic. And we gotta quit complaining. I've started, this is terrible, I'm just gonna say it out loud. I've just started deleting people off my Facebook. (laughs) because I am not gonna put up with their minute, small thinking, their aggravation, their their those those little phrases that they're trying to pick a fight with anyone who'll fight with, I don't have time for that. So you are delete, delete, delete. Because my mind is set on what heaven has for our country, for our region, for my family, in this season and those other people are distraction and they just make me mad and there's no sense aggravating <laughs> myself right <laughs> but I did someone yesterday they were going through this whole thing they, they apparently got them a new hermeneutics book so they're reading through the book obviously this is terrible I'm just gonna say they're reading through the book and they're writing down the things they don't understand as um, uh, fire starters and the first one I read I was like Okay, I'm not going to touch that. And the second one I'm read, I'm like, enough, delete, delete, delete. Because who's got time to get into a debate over something that is not even relevant to what God is doing in this hour? I don't have time. And you know what? I don't want to. If you're going to say, hey, this is the problem. Let us all pray into it. Let us see what the word says. Let's see what the spirit wants to show us. Then I'm in. But if you're trying to pick a fight with me, I'm not fighting. I'm fighting a demonic force, not a fleshly aggravator, agitator. Oh, you can tell it really made me mad. I I probably should repent before we get done today. But I'm just like, why? God, why do we think that enticing someone into debate and argument is the greater revelation to what you have in this day. Why should I try to aggravate my brother instead of encouraging them to go into all that God has for us? Why? Again, like I said, that's a little beyond, that. that is beyond me. So our second point is don't engage with aggravators. find you people that are like-minded and let's get the the, revela- the revelation from God for the solution that we need in the hour that we're in, right? I mean, it is not brain surgery, but we have made this religious spirit our God. And am I smarter than you? Do I know more than you? Is my Calvinism better than your Armenian? You know, come on. I just want to know Jesus and what the Holy Spirit has. And if I'm wrong, somebody tell me, because I will fix it. But I'm not going to get in a power struggle over whether my theology is greater than yours. Anyway, we got to let those people go. You know, I've talked about that before. There, Sometimes we got to go through and let go of the people who are holding us back from what God has for us. And it's not that we don't like them. It's not that they can't be, you know, uh, loved through the grace of God by us. But they cannot be the chain that holds us back to a past life that we're no longer a part of. We have to be free to move into this realm of God that he's opened up for us. Amen. Okay, we're going to move on from there. Thank you very much. That's my, that's my... uh, that's my burn for today. Let's go to uh, chapter 3, verse 14. And this, this I'm just going to set it up. We know this story uh, about the fiery furnace and the 3 his three buddies, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are being thrown in to the fiery furnace because they will not worship the gold image. Now, remember, they purposed in their heart a long time ago that the world norm was not going to be their norm. They purposed it. So when they were faced with this, they didn't have to say, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? They had decided. I see that, but it's clear. That gold image is not for me. I have already decided that I don't care. I am not going to worship and bow down to a pagan God. I'm not going to let the enemy get between me and my God because if that's what we do, that will be what happens. We open the door. So he, he, they say we are not going to do it. Um, let me find what I'm reading here. I feel like this is a good word for us today. Uh, let me find verse 15. Maybe Kevin will throw it up there so I can actually see where it is. I don't see it. Uh, there we go. So it says, Now if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the psaltery, in a symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, You shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands and this is the point I want to make about this in verse 16 they say Shadrach Meshach and Abednego answer and say to the king oh King Nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you in this matter the matter has been settled If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we serve the gold image which you have set up. The point of this is not whether God shows up or not. The point of this is they aren't concerned with what God's going to do. They're concerned with what they have decided. And they have decided to worship God regardless. Regardless of the cost. Regardless of what could happen to them. They have already decided in their heart. Oh, King, you don't have to worry about our answer. The matter's been settled. Do what you need to do. Because my God is the only one I will worship. That is such a key point. You know, we don't worry about God's job. I don't pray and worry about whether God's going to work that out for me. You know, I have to tell you guys, one of the things that I've struggled with all last year is not, you know how you feel like you don't quite have a feel for what you're supposed to be doing? it doesn't mean I don't have a job, it doesn't mean I don't work, I don't do my business consulting, my church, all that. It's not like I didn't have anything to do, but it was like I had lost the texture, you know, kind of the feel for um, the next thing. And it was interesting because I love what I do, I'm passionate about it, but I felt like there was something else, but I didn't know what it was. And one of the things, and, and actually, Gene gave me a word about that back in October. He said, the things that you have done in this last season are going to look different in the new season. And I'm like, I don't actually know what that means. All I know that I has already felt that. And... uh When I was away, God said, you know, one of the things that you haven't realized is the things that you have prayed for have been answered. So you've got to look for a greater vision to go after. And I went back through and I keep prayer lists. I have I have a list of things for God to do. I do. And I don't have any problem sharing with it because it says ask. It says, and you'll receive, you know, I don't have any problem saying, here's my list. And there are times where I'm tenacious about it because I'm not letting go until you get this done. Whatever you want to do, but I need an answer on this. And there's times where I just kind of keep going with what I'm doing. then the next thing I know, he's answered a prayer that I didn't even know was the timing, but it was done. So he started talking to me about what is the greater vision in front of you? And for me, through this week, my answer is I want a greater ability to be able to pull down what you have for us in this season. I want a greater mass of healing released. I I want a greater harvest coming through. I, I want to be able to solve the issues of my government without running for office. I want this war to be won in heaven so I can bring it to earth and break open what God has for us. I want to leave this place I live on for my grandchildren and their grandchildren better than when I walked into it. And we can say, yes, it's the end times and this and that and the other. That is not my issue. My issue is God has called me in this season for a reason to do what he's called me to do so that whatever's going on around me is going to look like God. I'm not an end times person. I'm not pre-tib, mid-tib, trib. I don't care. That is not my issue. That is not my responsibility. When people ask me that, I'm like, yes, God is coming back and I'm going to be in heaven and all is good with the world. That's, that's my big, that's my big end times theology. So uh, I'm sure someone else has something a little better than that, but I don't actually care. But part of the reason I don't care is because it's not my anointing. My anointing is to call forth what God is doing so we can all see it and move forward in that movement. That is my anointing. And there are people who are great at end times. I'm just not one of them. When people start talking about end times, I'm like, I hope this is over (laughs) soon because (laughs) I've checked out. I checked out, but that's okay. For some people, it's a great thing. But what I want you to understand is this life that we're in right now, it's changeable. It's moldable. It has a power of the Holy Spirit on it. It has an assignment that each one of us carry. And just like, you know, Daniel and his guys, they were in a situation where they were in captivity. And they transformed that government by the revelation of God because they made a decision to do it. They stuck together as a community, the four of them. Now, they they talked about there were 120 magicians and soothsayers. There were four of them. We have to understand, it don't take much to change the world. It just takes a yes. It takes a willingness to commit to purpose in our heart that my life call is to change the world in the assignment he's given me. And I can do it because I have people with me. I'm not doing it alone. I have people with me. And that was Daniel. Daniel purposed. He was the leader of those four little guys. And he changed Nebuchadnezzar. He changed Darius. He changed the governmental configuration and he was promoted with his guys over and over and over again. They were like the head. What does Deuteronomy 28 say? We will be the head and not the tail. This is why we have to consume the word because when we're faced with the Nebuchadnezzars of the world, I've already purposed in my heart who I'm going to serve. Nebuchadnezzar, I don't have to worry about giving you an answer because I already know the answer. Like it or lump it, it doesn't make any difference to me because I know what I've decided. And there are 50 of us who have decided the same thing and we're going in the same direction and we've purposed in our heart that we, as the gathering, as our online church, we are going to transform whatever God puts in front of us because that is our assignment. And we will not stand for anything less than the transformation. And the only way to bring transformation is through revelation. And revelation allows us to declare a thing and it becomes established for us. And it breaks the chain of the enemy. It destroys the work he has started. It brings healing. It brings transformation. It brings reconciliation. I mean, how great is that? Really, think about it. How great is that, God? I have the ability to transform the world within me because the Holy Spirit lives in me. And not only that, I have people who want to do it with me. And not only that, you've checked your approval on it. And not only that, I am seeing the answers across the headlines of the media that our God reigns. I mean, how great is that? So God, where there are problems that we're facing right now, we're asking you to bring us together and give us the revelation for it so that we can release it and break open a revival that will turn people's heart toward God because they're seeing that there's only one God. Just like Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, there's only one. And he's the only one that can reveal the secrets that will break open the revelation that you need. And that is the God we serve. And that is the God that dwells within us. And that is the God that's going to transform our nation, no matter how bleak, no matter how dark. All I can say is big deal. Because my God is the light of the world. And my God will shine light on the darkness. And it says in Isaiah 60, Thou rise and shine, for your light has come, because the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Deep darkness covers the earth. Big deal. I mean, really. It's not that it's not real. It's just that my God is much more powerful than that darkness that covers the earth. He was able to save Daniel and his three guys every single time they faced death. And not only did he save them, he gave them a promotion. They got gold, they got glitter, they got robes, they got all this stuff. They become the they became the financially wealthy in the royal entourage. Because they would not back down. They had already purposed in their heart, I will not back down. And that's what we have to do. We have to say, 2022, I will not back down. I don't care. Do what you want. I'm going to Phoenix to do a conference in, uh, I don't know, last December. They start last month. That would have been last month, right? They started talking about how they were going to start pressing for vaccines. And I talked to the Lord about it, and I said, you know what? For anyone who travels, but they've let that go now, of course. But I told the Lord, I said, you know what? Because I have purposed in my heart not to get one. Do not send me any texts. I don't want to hear it. Don't email me. That's just what I purposed. In my heart, between me and God, that doesn't mean people have gotten it. It doesn't make any difference to me. Me and God. I said, I'm not going to go. Because I'm not going to be strong-armed to do the work that you've called me to do by bowing to what you've told me not to do. And like I said, this is no condemnation or indictment against anyone who's gotten the vaccine. It doesn't, make, like I said, it doesn't make any difference to me. So we have to purpose in our heart that God will be our only God, that the word will be our plumb line, that the fellowship of like-minded people will be the ones that we seek the revelation to. It doesn't mean that people who are not like-minded, you know we have different people in different arenas, might not spark something. But when you get in that intimate place where you're seeking God for a solution, you don't need chaos in the middle of it. You need to get people who are saying, I will shoulder to shoulder with you until we get breakthrough. Okay, I'm almost done. Hang on just there, just for a few moments. I've got two more points that I want to make because I think it's important. Okay, so the last, uh, well, here's two. I just feel like God wants to cry over us and just say, I am here with you. We're going to do this together. You don't have to worry. And it's like I read uh, Psalms 37 in the beginning. Do not fret about the evildoers because I'm going to mow them down. And that is our declaration. So anyhow, I'm going to read two more scriptures. The first one is Samuel 16, 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 7. I'm not going to read the whole thing because I know I've been preaching for a while. And like I said, we'll we'll preach more on this. But what the point is, is God is teaching us to adapt to his, the way he talks to us. Like Daniel got a night vision to know the answer for the dream, okay? So uh, he purposed in his heart not to do the delicacy. He purposed in his heart not to bow down. And God spoke to him in different ways. And then sometimes, you know, when they were in the fiery furnace and he was in the lion's den, God didn't even speak to him. He just showed up. And he intervened so they would not be killed. So God wants us to be adaptable to whatever the way he wants to show up. And sometimes that adaptability, I talked about it earlier, sometimes we're standing there in the moment and we're we are going to need to adjust to whatever the moment is and not be t- distracted by what's trying to pressure us to do something. Whether it's our own mind, which that happens too, because we've already predetermined the outcome. I've done that to God. I've helped him a few times. I've told him that I think this is the way it should work. He's like that is great. Mm -hmm. Appreciate your input. I will take it under advisement. We'll just move on from here. (laughs) But anyhow so here is Samuel and he is going to anoint a new king. Uh, 16 verse 1 this is Samuel 1 16 it says now the Lord said to Samuel how long will you mourn for Saul? saying, I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Sometimes we can't get let go of what's done. We keep trying to stay back there. We hold on to it. We massage it. We say, well, if only maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. Maybe we could do this. God said, cut it off. I've told you to move forward. How long will you hold on? How long will you hold on to your past, to that last church you went to, to the broken relationship? How long will you hold on? You can't move forward if you're holding on. You cannot move forward. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to uh, Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself, this is for God, a king from among his sons. And Samuel says, and Samuel He's afraid. He says, How can I go? If, Samuel, if Saul hears it, he'll kill me. How many of us get worried by the projection of what we think is going to happen before we've even stepped into what God has called yeah. us to do? I know I do. Sometimes I have a whole scenario built before I even get there. And, and the other day, actually, I was driving. I was like, you need to quit thinking <laughs> because nothing's actually even happened. You don't even have anything to go on. So what exactly are you building in your head? Because that's my intellect. That's not my spirit to spirit talking. That's not me hearing from the Holy Spirit what God's want to do. I am building a case, a strategy, whatever it is. A response before I've even had an interaction. Say, I do that too. Anyway, so God gives him a strategy to take a heifer with him and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I name. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled. Now I want to ask you, And we've talked about this before. Do you want to carry such a presence of God that people tremble when they see you? Not because they're terrified of you, but they're afraid of the spirit that you carry. Because you carry it with the one thing they said about Daniel. And Samuel, his words never fell void to the ground. Daniel had such an excellent spirit The enemy could not figure out how to take him out, so he used his devotion to God against him. That's when he got into the lions, and you can go back and read that. So think about that. Do you want to carry such a heavy presence of God that people actually tremble when you walk in the room? I do. Because what it does is it opens up their heart to either say yes or no. Okay. Uh, Verse four. So Samuel did what he said. Oh, I read that. Uh, Verse five. And oh, verse five, it says, and he said, peaceably, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to sacrifice. So this is what I want to point out, because uh, like I said, sometimes God doesn't whisper in our ear while we're in the process. Sometimes he lets us say something, then he adjusts the way we're thinking. So he goes to Jesse's first son. He's like, yep, this is it. Good looking, firstborn, falls within all the biblical requirements, the firstborn inherit. You know, he goes, you know, I'm sure in his mind, he's, I've got it all worked out. God's like, oh no. But if Samuel didn't have the ears to hear what God was saying, he would have anointed the wrong son as king. We've got to have the ears to hear. We've got to be pliable enough in the assignment he's given us in order to adjust to his perfect will in the assignment. So he you know, he goes through all of this. And what's interesting about this is he tells them, once he's gone through all the sons, he says, is there no more? Because he knows there's more, even though he doesn't know in his intellect, He knows by the word of God, because he's going to anoint one of Jesse's sons. He's gone through all of them. There's got to be another one. He says, is there not one more? They're like, oh, yeah, he's out in the field. He's the runt of the litter. You know, God wants to raise up the runts of the litter. He wants to raise up people who think, oh, someone else should get it. And that are just going along with their business. He wants to raise up people who think they'll never be picked to do something that will be so profound for the kingdom. The least likely. The one who's keeping care of the shepherds. Think of, you know, what we do. God, I'm just out here, you know, sweeping my front porch. Yep, that'll do. That's what he wants to do. He wants us to have such a listening ear toward him That even in the midst of the situation, we are adaptable to what the Spirit has for us. So we have to surrender every preconception, every thought, every visual with our eye to the vision of the Spirit. Amen? Okay. I think that's all I'm going to do today. I've got I've got about 10 more things to say, but you know, I just feel like God is wants to pour out on us. So just just I'm just going to go over this real quick. We got a purpose in our heart. So if you have some time, just ask God, is there some world norm that has gotten into my daily that is not a God norm? And he'll show you as you go. You'll be like, "Oh my gosh. Who knew?" Because sometimes Think about how you were raised, what you did. We were just talking about my daughter-in-law's a dietitian, and we were just talking about, they were all over last night, what we ate is what the kids ate. They ate Pop-Tarts and cereal. And because back when they were growing up, fat was the big issue. So you didn't eat any fat, but you could eat all the sugar you want. Sugar was an undiscovered whatever. But once we had the revelation that sugar is actually the culprit of everything, then everything shifted. But you sometimes things are within you just out of the normalcy of how you were raised, what you were taught, what you think. And then all of a sudden you have the revelation from God to get it out of you so that your norm is God's norm, not the world's norm. Enough of that. Okay. So just ask God, is there anything in me? L- the word of God must be our plumb line, number two. We have to consume it, we have to eat it. It doesn't mean you, you know you're quitting work and reading the word all day long, all night, but what you read, God will use to transform you, which transforms the way you think, which transforms your ability to receive revelation, right? We have to align ourselves with like-minded people. We have to surrender. We have to surrender all of our preconception to what he wants. And we have to keep the Holy Spirit in the lead. And that was like Samuel. God kept talking to him through the process until he got him to the right revelation of who was to be king. We keep God in the forefront and let him just speak to us throughout the process because God has designed us to do this like Daniel with excellence with an excellent spirit, with the ability to discern, to live out of revelation, to partner with people like us so we can transform the world for Him. Because that's our assignment for this season that we're in. Amen? Okay, that's it, guys. If you guys will stand, I'm just going to pray over you. I just want to release that over you, that impartation for greater uh, revelatory solutions. Because... We're all going to get it unless you don't want it. And uh, God is pouring it out like water, just like the rains this morning. So God, we just thank you. And I do. I want to impart that revelatory solution uh, dynamic within all of us that we will begin to think and breathe and, and just drink your word, that we will look at situations and not complain and not get frustrated, but we will say, God, here is a perfect opportunity for you to break the stronghold of the enemy through the revelation you're going to give us, and we're going to go forth, declare it, do whatever we're supposed to do in order to bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So God, let us be your revelatory people. Let us be the ones who are world changers in this season. We're going to change our family. We're going to change our government. We're going to change the education mountain. We're going to change the media mountain. We're going to change the sports. We're just declaring that the firefall, that the revelation of you continue to hit the headlines And that we as your people will be the ones who have purposed in our heart that it's you and only you. Only you, only your word, only your people. And we listen and yield to you, Holy Spirit, as we receive our assignments and go forward in this new era of revelation. In Jesus' name, amen.